Welcome to the latest podcast from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation, bringing you the latest updates and insights from the world of recruitment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest edition of the REC's Talking Recruitment podcast, which we're using to get messages out right across the uh, recruitment industry in this time of the COVID-19 crisis. We're back today focusing on legal issues uh, after uh, the most recent edition, which looked at managing uh, uh, your business through a crisis. Really is a great listen with uh, Matt Hamnett and James Osborne. Well worth your time. Today, we're joined by uh, a further two fantastic guests, both legal eagles, uh, the REC's own head of legal support, Lorraine Larie and partner at our good friends Eversheds, Mark Merrion. We're going to work our way through some of what's been announced over the last few days, lots of uh, further legal details around things like the job retention scheme announced on Friday night and some further changes over the uh, weekend of the 29th and 30th. And we'll hear again from Lorraine as we did in our first podcast about some of the big questions that we're being asked on the REC Legal Helpline. So let's turn first to Lorraine. Hello again, Lorraine. Uh, why don't you give us a brief introduction to the job retention scheme as we now understand it after last Friday's announcement, and maybe some of the big questions that we are seeing from uh, the members on the helpline. Okay, yeah, hi. Um, so the, the job retention scheme, we first um, heard about this in government on the 20th of March. Uh, but we've had some further details about the scheme just, just last week. So broadly speaking, it's a, a fund that is being made available to employers who have a PAYE scheme or had one as of the 28th of February. Um, and it will allow them to claim up to 80% of uh, employee wages capped at £2,500 a month. And the intention of the scheme really is to help businesses to be able to retain staff um, and to avoid making redundancies as part of a, an overall package of support that um, has been announced for businesses. Now, the big questions that we're getting from members and, and questions have been coming through thick and fast are really about how to use the scheme. And particularly since um, the, the information that was uh, um, updated last week from government has referred to agencies and agency workers, there is a real issue about how and whether to use the scheme for, for agency workers. That seems to be something that's causing quite a, uh, a bit of confusion. We need to be really clear about this. Obviously, for your own staff as a recruiter, furlough is an option that's available for you rather than uh, laying people off. And while you will have to pay them at 80% of salary, that money will come back up to a cap of 2,500. Um, it's fair to say that uh, the, the issue is more complex, of course, when it comes to agency workers. But um, my understanding, Lorraine, would be that uh, you can use the scheme on uh, PAYE agency workers, uh, but you don't have to. And it's probably a situation where a discussion with your client about who they want to bring back on after this is all over is uh, is a worthwhile discussion to have and whether there'll be demand there for workers in the in three or four months' time. Yeah, you're right. Now, there are two sides to this. So using the scheme to pay the wages of internal employees is, is really impossible, sorry, really important. Um, prior to this, we were getting a lot of questions about how businesses could manage in terms of asking employees to take um, unpaid leave or pay cuts, certainly not paying out um, commission and bonuses, and then the start of discussions around redundancy procedures. But the 
the, uh, the, the introduction of the scheme has parked a lot of those sorts of questions for now. So the interest is in how to use the scheme to retain uh, employees. On the temporary uh, work side, the agency worker side, um, so there is confusion because the language that's been used by government, it makes it clear that it is open to all PAYE employees. So those in, in, who are on, on payroll, which includes agency workers. Um, but the, the real issues come from points like um, should the scheme apply to agency workers who perhaps were not on a particular assignment um, on the 28th of February, which is the date that um, an employee would have to have been employed in order to have their wages funded from the, the scheme. Um, and that, as I said, is, is is causing confusion. Obviously, there will be a lot of agency workers whose assignments were curtailed by matters relating to the coronavirus scheme uh, in the education sector. For example, school closures impacted on um, supply teachers, but also other roles where um, businesses have had to um, close or move their own staff to work from home have had an impact on, on agency workers. So do agency workers only have the benefit of, of, um, of wages being paid from that scheme if they actually were on an assignment rather than simply being on the payroll of an employment business? That's a, that's a, a, a big issue because obviously agency workers, like many other um, workers in the country are concerned about the fact that they are not currently working um, and, and quite understandably they are being advised to seek pay via the scheme from agencies that they are on the payroll of. And that's something that we, we've been raising uh, as a point of clarity with government in our uh, discussions with them, of course. Um, just today, the REC has been appointed uh, to gather uh, feedback and questions from government for the whole sector, uh, REC members and non-REC members alike via our new uh, email contact point, COVID support at rec.uk.com. That's part of a wider government uh, initiative to make sure every business in the country is only one point of contact away from ministers at this important time. And I think many of the questions that Lorraine has raised are core parts of the discussion that we are going to have uh, about this uh, scheme going forward. I think important to remember, though, that whether or not someone goes in to the uh, job retention scheme is ultimately your choice. Government will not force your hand on it. And I think the, the critical question is, uh, what are the right choices for you to make according to both uh, what you expect to happen as we go through this period and hopefully see a return to normality, but also making sure that you're having a really open discussion about clients about with clients about future demand and potential redeployment to other clients. So there are a number of uh, discussions to have there um, that I, I think um, uh, agencies want to be thinking about. Just on that, um, Mark, welcome to the podcast. You're looking at a, a scheme like this and also the other government support that uh, that is now uh, being brought forward. What's your main piece of advice to a business looking at this kind of scheme? I think you need to bear in mind that this is public money being provided to 
support businesses um, that would otherwise be making people redundant. Um, there is a risk that if you're too creative in your use of the scheme that HMRC, when they conduct their audit, will not pay out. So um, one should be prudent. Um, one should remember that furloughed staff still have all the usual employment rights um, and therefore uh, it, you need to treat them with care um, and you need to remember that if you're going to furlough people you should um, uh, seek their agreement. Um, uh, uh, bear in mind that there may be issues about how you select people to put on furlough leave and discrimination law might apply. There could be issues over, for example, vulnerable staff um, uh, uh, that um, uh, you can't just reduce the amount of work you're giving people. If you're putting people on furlough leave, um, you can't give them any work at all. Um, but there are uh, potential uh, uh, avenues to possibly rotate people on and off furlough um, uh, and bear in mind that people will accrue holiday when they're on furlough leave query whether you'd want them uh, to take it uh, and if they were to take it then um, our view is that they would be paid normally they would come out of furlough leave um, and as you can only um, have a minimum period of three weeks of furlough leave you need to be careful that obviously people have accrued that before they would be taking any holiday there are other issues arising on sickness um, if someone's currently sick then they would probably remain off sick before being furloughed query what happens if they fall sick once they're furloughed um, uh, and uh, um, bear in mind that if you select people for furlough will that inevitably influence who is ultimately selected for redundancy if i can just pick up on one of the points lorraine was making about agency staff the wording in the guidance says that furloughed employees must have been on your PAYE payroll on the 28th of February. So if someone's on the payroll, then arguably, even if they're not actually performing anything at that point in time, then um, uh, they may potentially be covered. And there are specific provisions to deal with employees who receive variable pay. But I accept um, that it's a, a tricky area and one which um, hopefully we're going to get some more guidance on in due course. Thanks, Mark. That's uh, really helpful uh, as insight from uh, from your side. Uh, Lorraine, um, just thinking about what Mark said, what other major questions are we seeing coming through, uh, coming through the helpline at the moment that maybe it's worth uh, listeners to the podcast uh, being aware of? Okay, so I think um, aside from the job retention scheme, which as I said has really caused a, a spike in calls, there, there are still other issues related to um, the coronavirus outbreak, and such as quer queries around employees who are um, on, on sick leave and, and self-isolating and just an understanding of when statutory sick pay um, is actually due. Although, of course, if uh, em employees feel that they might have the benefit of the job retention scheme, they, the, those queries about um, sick pay may reduce. But also, there is business going on as normal to some extent for some sectors. So, for example, in, in logistics and other areas where there is a shortage of jobs. Um, those businesses are looking at how they can recruit in this uh, current environment, things like how they go about doing checks for new temporary workers that they may be engaging when they can't do that face-to-face. -face. Those are common questions. And of course, there are um, a raft of uh, changes coming into uh, force um, in, in April. Um, we still have a, a national minimum wage 
increase uh, some other specific provisions for recruitment agencies, such as the introduction of the key information document. These are still things that businesses are having to, to manage as well. So there are some of those queries still coming through for businesses that are to some extent being able to operate. Thanks, Lorraine. And I think on some of those later points around things like the changes to recruitment law, the minimum wage, again, uh, the RSC will be loading as much of that advice and support as we can onto uh, onto our website, uh, both not just the COVID hub, but also the uh, the Good Work Plan hub, where we're looking at some of the legal changes. Uh, there is a there is a lot of there was a lot on the stocks for April without uh, the coronavirus striking, and it's worth businesses being aware that very little of that, with the exception of the IR35 extension to the private sector, has been pushed back by the government at this stage. Um, so we you know one should be looking to be compliant with all of those uh, th things in April, even though there may be sort of uh, less time and less inspection because of the uh, the wider challenge that uh, we face with the coronavirus right now. Mark, there are multiple tripwires for employers in in this world, both in terms of delivering the uh, uh, the job retention scheme, looking at some of the changes you might need to make in your business uh, to allow for the coronavirus crisis, things like introducing short-term working or, or uh, different forms of redeployment of staff to, to meet the different needs of the business in these crisis times. What approach to employee relations in your experience works best for a business in this kind of fast changing environment? I think in a situation of great uncertainty, employers need to focus on maintaining their employees' trust and confidence by showing leadership. Um, and that means, in essence, at the moment, following government guidance and acting fairly reasonably and consistently. If you've got people working from home to make sure that their arrangements are effective and they feel supported, adjust your communications plans uh, to ensure that staff are fully informed whilst working from home, listen to any concerns that um, they may have and provide reassurance, signpost employees to further advice or support, and make sure your managers are um, uh, um, regularly informed about your contingency planning and your processes are in place to check on employees' workload and stress levels and offering support um, where, where possible. So I think that's a really important message and it actually goes back to something we discussed on the podcast before, which is there's obviously legal compliance, but there's also good management and good communication, which is absolutely critically important to delivering some of the uh, some of the um, some of the big changes that uh, companies are having to make in order to um to to flex to the situation that we find ourselves in now just while you have the floor mark uh, there were one or two other uh bits of news uh, over the weekend i think in particular um it worth noting the government has proposed some changes to the insolvency re regime for companies that might be worth firms being aware of Yes, thank you. So um, the government has announced um, um, some measures, including a moratorium for companies giving them breathing space from creditors um, for a period of time. 
uh, protection of their supplies to enable them to continue trading and a new restructuring plan binding creditors to that plan. Um, it's also um, uh, suggested that the wrongful trading provisions um, will be suspended for a period of time. Um, they are the provisions which enable office holders um, to pursue claims um, against directors, uh, potentially making them personally liable if they continue to trade when they knew that um, the company was not uh, a viable going concern. Um, however, um, having spoken to some specialist colleagues, um, I think that um, if the government was simply to relax um, those uh, wrongful trading provisions but do nothing more, it might have limited impact because directors already owe duties under the Companies Acts uh, and under the common law and those duties would include duties owed to creditors and therefore simply relaxing uh, the wrongful trading provisions um, whilst not addressing the wider legal obligations of directors might have uh, limited uh, uh, impact. So watch this space. It's just been announced. No details as yet, um, but I'm sure we'll find out a lot more in the next day or two. There's definitely something here that feels like Bay is heading towards uh, what in the US you'd call Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, uh, where uh, due to the unique circumstances of comp that companies are being forced into by the uh, coronavirus, that uh, putting corporates on a bit of life support, such as Chapter 11 uh, allows, is seen as more attractive by the government. We'll have to wait and see how that uh, how that develops over the next few days. And it sits alongside um, one of the bigger gaps, I think, in coverage that we've seen so far of the government support, something certainly the REC's campaigning is picking up on, which is the position for uh, those directors who are uh, who have taken most of their income not through PAYE as employees, but uh, via dividends, um, which is a significant portion of, uh, of many smaller uh, recruitment firms. And Lorraine, I think it's right to say that directors who take PAYE income can furlough themselves. Um, but obviously that that then would preclude them from doing any work for the business while they're furloughed. Is that right? Yes, and I think directors are in a difficult position here. Um, they're not able to use the separate scheme that's been introduced for self-employed um, people. But in respect of the job retention scheme, they, they can apply it where they are an employee um, on the on the payroll, but the, the pay that they are entitled to take will be reflected by what they have been paid. And if they have um, uh, received monies from the company by way of dividends, those amounts won't be taken into account. So quite a, a challenging picture there and something that I think we at the REC see very clearly and uh, are making a, a, a key point about. I'm just going to try and draw the pod to a close here and, and talk a little bit about our campaigning because we are taking um, uh, feedback from all over the industry to government and clearly uh, government is moving very fast on a lot of issues right now. Our priority uh, for uh, for action right now covers a number of issues. Uh, clearly for temporary agencies, uh, government support for statutory sick pay payments is really important at all sides of the business because that's really gumming up the industry. Uh, 
um, as the uh, as the uh, epidemic goes on, but we're also looking for further support, particularly including agency premises in the business rates holiday um, and looking at for much greater clarity in the job retention scheme, as you've heard from Lorraine earlier on in the pod, a really substantial uh, government intervention. And as with all these things, it's big and rather imperfectly formed in some aspects at the moment and how we make that work for the agency sector is really important but I think emphasizing what Lorraine said earlier we should remember that the decision to put anyone on uh, on the job retention scheme is a voluntary decision for the employer the P, the person who's run PYE they're on with temps you probably want to have a discussion with your clients about about that there are of course costs associated with keeping people on payroll and you'll need to balance that out with obviously the cash uh, flow management that every business is currently uh, currently undergoing in the sector. Thinking back to the podcast from last week when we were talking about getting on top of your cash. So lots of uh, lots of change uh, legally. We are working through uh, the job retention scheme, trying to uh, give people as much information as we can. I think some excellent advice from Mark and Lorraine today. Do get in touch, feed us your questions on social media or via the email address covidsupport at rec.uk.com and uh, Lorraine and her team are available to support on the legal helpline as they always are, even if there are a few more of them from the REC staff than normal to make sure we can keep handling your calls. So to close off for today, thank you very much for joining us, Mark. Pleasure, thank you. And thank you for joining us again, Lorraine. Thank you. And until next time, I hope you all keep well, stay safe and do keep in touch with your REC. We're doing our best to help you navigate these challenging times. Thanks. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, visit rec.uk.com.